What do you do when your story isn't just yours to share? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you can find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And I'm so excited to be back on the show with you. I haven't seen you or (laughs) seen you. It's probably a bad choice of words for a podcast. You haven't gotten to hear from me in the past two days. Um, Two days ago, I have a really good reason for that. Um, I got a bee in my bonnet about something I kind of got ticked off and um, thought I could turn it into a podcast episode. And when I listened back to it, it just simply sounded like a rant. It didn't sound like it had much of a point or any value other than me on my soapbox preaching. And so because it didn't seem like really good pod, I decided to just trash the episode with every intent of recording yesterday. But yesterday I got tied up with the California DMV, as you might imagine. Um, transitioning my license from Massachusetts to California is not an easy feat, and it took up way more hours of my day than I had anticipated. I hadn't planned on taking two unexpected days off, so I certainly miss catching up with you guys, and I'm looking forward to diving into today's question because I think it's really timely. There's a lot of messaging and marketing out there right now about the importance of story and brand. The idea being that if you're not communicating to your client or consumer your why. If you're not showing them who you are in such a way that they can believe you, um, they may buy from somebody else. The idea that people invest in other people more than they actually invest in the products and services those people are offering. So in the land of story, in the land of showing up with authenticity and showing up unapologetically, What happens when your story isn't just yours to tell? That's where today's question finds us, so let's just dive in. Hey Heather, I feel so upset right now. I'm tempted to just close my business and give it all up. I run a mentorship program for teen girls, and for the first time, my business has hurt my personal life. I believe in teaching girls that they can rise above, and many teenage battles happen on the home front. I recently shared my own story in detail and told my girls about the three years I lived in foster care because my single mom was an alcoholic and drug addict, and I had nowhere else to go. She's now been sober for 17 years, and we're best friends. My mom found out that I shared my story publicly, and she's devastated. She says it means I haven't truly forgiven her, that I still carry a grudge, that I don't see her progress, and that I think I'm better than her. She hasn't spoken to me in close to three months. Heather, I'm just beside myself. A friend thought you might be able to help, and I really think you can. I wanted to inspire girls by telling them that challenging relationships with parents don't stay that way. I wanted to instill hope and show the girls that they can get on the other side of the hardest stuff that they could possibly imagine. I didn't intend to betray my mom, throw her past back in her face, or compromise our relationship to this degree. I'm heartbroken and devastated myself. This business is not worth losing my mom. She's my best friend. What do I do? Okay. First thing you do is you take a couple of deep breaths and you stop beating yourself up. A lot of times our good intentions are misunderstood and questioned and felt very personally. And right now, that's where you're sitting with your mom. And just like at some point when you were in foster care, what is right now won't always be. 
You didn't stay the foster care child. You didn't stay in a damaged relationship with your mom. The two of you worked it out, overcame it, and healed. If you can overcome and heal from that, I know you can overcome and heal from this. It's just important to think about how you're talking about it, how you approach her, and the message you want to say. And the first thing I want to tell you is I've been there. Um, You heard me start the episode by talking about uh, a rant I went on that was supposed to be a podcast episode and I deleted it. But several months ago, I shared a story from my own childhood. Um, And then as soon as it was over, I was like, oh my gosh, my parents would be devastated if they knew I was talking about this publicly. It would hurt their feelings so much. So I stopped and I deleted the episode. So even though people had already gotten it, it was already out there. I did my best to kind of cut it off at the pass. I know that finding that line of our story and someone else's story is really hard. The last thing I want you to do here is to erase your own story just because your mom is hurting right now. Your instinct is going to be to overcompensate, to make a lot of amends, to reach out, repair, and restore. And you can do that without erasing your own part of the puzzle pieces here. So what was your intention? My guess in reading your letter is that you had hoped for kids to not give up on their parents so soon, to believe that if you're fighting on a Monday night, that doesn't mean you're going to be fighting for the rest of your life. You didn't do it to humiliate your mother. You did it it in celebration of the strength that the two of you have shown together in overcoming some of the hardest obstacles put in front of you, like her drug addiction. The way she heard that, though, probably came from herself that was 17 years ago, who said, no matter how good you get, no matter how sober you get, never forget that this is who you really are, that really strong, negative inner critic. You didn't know you were going to stir that up. You were speaking of this story from a source of pride, from a source of ownership, and you didn't mean to humiliate her because you were celebrating her success. Now, I understand what it feels like and what it must have felt like for your mom to suddenly have people know about your past that may not have even known that about you. So many people probably only know your mom as her sober version of herself and don't even know that she used to struggle with addiction and that she couldn't keep her kid for a couple of years. So there's going to be embarrassment. There's going to be shame. There's going to be a ton of reactions to this. Of course, you should have talked to her about it first. That's the easiest, cleanest way to do it, right? But in the messaging and marketing around authenticity, storytelling, and all of that, nobody tells you to do that step. Nobody says, hey, P.S., when your story isn't just yours, go and have a conversation with people who might be affected by it before you release it to the internet. It's, it just doesn't work that way. So it doesn't always occur to us when our intentions were good and pure. The other thing it doesn't occur to us when is when the story doesn't bring us shame, when it's a a story that we're proud of, when it's a story that we hold with high integrity and high regard, we forget that other people connected to our stories would be 
reminded of their own shame points, reminded of their own hard times. The decision to share our stories when they include other people is always going to be intensely personal. But there is a lot of power, as we've been learning, in saying your story, speaking your truth out loud. You're going to have to consider, for people who haven't walked this journey and aren't sitting in this listener's footsteps right now, you're going to have to consider, what's the cost of sharing my story Am I willing to pay it? And who do I need to give kind of a respectful heads up to that this is coming out? That's a really good way to start. And listener, the person who wrote me this letter, you didn't know that. You didn't think of that. It didn't come from that place. And my guess is with all of the urgency you've been trying to contact your mom and the letters and the texts and the phone calls, I'm assuming, you probably have gotten lost in your message. And here's the thing is your mom feels as though control got taken from her. She didn't get to release her story on her time and she didn't get to say to who and to when. She lost that opportunity because of your choice. And that is going to feel bad. But you also get to stop beating yourself up about it at some point. You made a mistake. You didn't mean to hurt her feelings. You would like to make amends. And if you keep focusing on the thing you shouldn't have done, it's really hard to focus on the amends process because you turn your amends process into a self-punishing process. So instead of beating yourself up, I want you to think about your mom. I want you to think about what you know about her when she's hurt, when she feels betrayed, when she's embarrassed, when she's been let down, when she's fearful, when she's anxious. When you see your mom in struggle, what helps her? What makes her feel better? What gives her peace? What offers reassurance? It might not be you. Maybe for this, it can't be you. Maybe she has a trusted friend that you could talk to that could talk to your mom and see if she's okay. Maybe there's someone else in the family. It sounds like in a large part, it's been the two of you. So maybe you don't have a, you know, an extended network of family, but perhaps a network of friends that um, you could connect with to see how she's doing, to let her know that you love her, um, to make that connection in a way that's consistent with with what she might need versus what you think you should be doing because you've hurt her. The next thing I would think about is if you haven't done this already, I would write her a letter. When wounds are made and people are hurting, letters are really good ways to communicate transparently, to tell your mom what you were thinking, what you were feeling, what your intent was, and telling people your story, what you wish she knew about the power you found in the story. And then you get to tell her what you really do think of her. You can correct the story that you haven't forgiven her, that you see her as less than, that you only see her as a version of her past, because that's her inner critic talking. She's taking her inner critic that she's pointing at herself and she's turning it on you and she's saying that's what you 
think of me. But in actuality, what's happening here is that's what she thinks of herself. And if you can tell her, this is how I see you, this is what I believe to be true about you, this is what I want you to know, this is how much I love you, and I want to fix this what do you need? Right now, that silent treatment, that disengagement, the exiting completely from the relationship, part of it is emotional punishment that she's choosing. But the other part of it is probably because she has no idea what to do next. So I would ask her and give her some of the control back and to let her know that if she needs to not be talking to you for a little while, that's okay. But you need her to say so. Otherwise, you're going to keep reaching out. The next thing I would encourage you to think about, and this is a doozy, so I would take a deep breath here. I would think, ask your mom. I would consider asking your mom, once you're back on speaking terms, but maybe even in the course of the letter, to say, do you want to turn? When I told your story, I took your turn away, and that wasn't fair. I was thinking about it as, you know, a former teenage girl talking to other teenage girls, but these girls have moms who have let them down. These girls have lost trust in adults. What do you want them to know? Would you like to use your experience to help these girls, or do you just want to clarify who you are and how you got here? Because the thing that your mom is doing is it sounds like she's just running a little bit from her story that, yeah, she lost her kid to foster care for three years, but for 17 years, she's been sober and she's been clean and she's gotten her stuff together. And so what has she learned? And does she realize in her own right that she has a story that people could benefit from knowing? And it's okay if she doesn't want to share it. The other thing I would say is if you don't want to tell these girls your story, that's fine. But what do you wish they knew? Because if you can get her to talk to you about that, I wish those girls knew X, Y, Z. I wish those girls could believe and to, could think and all of that. You can get a sense of what she's thinking and feeling because it's my assumption that her silent treatment is coming from a lot of assumptions that she's made about you. It's so clear how proud you are of her. You built a business based on a passion that your own childhood created in you, that girls get a second chance, that where they start out isn't where they end up, that it is possible to rise above. That is incredibly powerful. And before you think about closing your business, because I promise you that is a grand gesture, but it will not solve the problem. It will not make you feel better. Before you think about giving up the business, ask yourself this really important question. Do I still believe in the things I'm teaching? Do I still think I have the ability and the desire and the will to help these girls?
Do I still think that there's room in the world for me to make a difference? And if you do, you go for it. You don't stop doing it just because you mucked it up, because you got messy and you got in the mud and you made a big old mess. You clean up the mess and then you keep going. That's how it goes. We can't stop at the mistakes. We can't stop at the F-ups because when we're being real, when we are showing up, the F-ups are going to happen. Beginning, middle, and end, it's the cost of doing business. But you get to fix it and you get to decide your own policy and procedure in your own business going forward for how you're going to handle personal information. You and your mom can come to an agreement about that. One of the things, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you know my husband has a disability and he uses a wheelchair. And for a while, when I was a therapist, most of my clients didn't know about this because of the rules around self-disclosure and confidentiality. I didn't disclose this. When I decided to finally write about the story, I had to share a really dark and ugly part. I had to talk about a period of time when my husband didn't treat me very well because he was recovering from his own spinal cord injury. He was angry at the world and he treated me like crap. I shared the article with him beforehand and said, this is part of my story. I can't pretend that this isn't part of our past. It's not where we are now, but we were there at one point in time, and I would like to share that part. And I had him read it, and he took a while, and he sat with it. But he said, you're right. It's your story to tell and go forward. If he had pulled the plug on it and he had said, no, I don't want people knowing that about me. I don't want people like digging up in that past. Then I would have not written the article. And then in months later, when people were asking me more questions and I was realizing that they, people don't really get disability or how it affects regular everyday life, I had to talk about the fact that even though I'm not disabled, having a disabled partner really affects my life on a daily basis. I wrote that article and then I told him I'm writing this article and I didn't ask him his permission. I didn't say, I hope it's okay with you, even though the examples I bring up make him feel bad because he knows that that wouldn't be a part of my life if he wasn't in my life. But there was no part of that that's his story. It's what it's like for me to be the wife of a disabled person. So I didn't check with him. I let him know. I gave him a heads up because in social media land, people are going to tag him or read it and know that. Um, But none of his business was in there. It was all my business. So I shared it and I didn't ask for permission. That's a really good rule of thumb when you're trying to figure this stuff out and have that conversation. And if you're not quite sure that the person you're talking about is going to be okay with it, and you know you care about that relationship, then you have to prioritize your personal relationships over the relationships with your clients and consumers. You do not want to risk upsetting somebody in your personal life just to get a sale. 
If you are feeling as though not talking about your story, not sharing your truth is somehow dishonest, is somehow inauthentic to you, that not telling your story feels like giving permission to things that you don't want to give permission for, well, then you're going to have to reconcile that desire with the desire to maintain a, you know, an unblemished relationship with the said person. You're going to have to walk that line. But if the only reason why you're thinking about sharing the story is to, you know, better connect with your audience and the person involved would be upset or hurt and asks you not to do it, I promise you it's not worth the risk. The only reason why it's worth the risk is if the cost of keeping your story silent to yourself is costing you more than you're willing to hold and own. It's a guidepost. It's not a firm, hard line in the sand, but that's how you can manage this going forward. I know that you and your mom can work this out. I think you're going to have to tune into your mom a little bit, into her way of moving through the world. My guess is um, you probably are not unfamiliar with her tendency to keep a silent treatment going for three months because usually silent treatments <laughs> don't start at the three-month mark. Usually people go for a day or two, and then once they realize it's a weapon, they, they go longer. Um, so this is probably a little familiar to you with your mom. So you also know how she gets out of it, how she comes around to it. So I would encourage you to use what you know about your mom to repair your relationship. Um, if you have any further questions, I invite you to get on a call with me. I'm happy to help you out. I'm happy to jump on a call with you and your mom if the two of you need to sort that stuff out and need an outside perspective. I'd gladly offer my support. But your question is an important one. I'm sorry you're sitting on the hard side of it, but I also want you to see that there's a tremendous amount of strength here. There's a tremendous amount of resolve and resiliency, strength and perseverance. And don't lose sight of that because the delivery kind of sucked. You'd be doing yourself a total disservice. I'm really glad and grateful that you shared this letter with me and that you gave me permission to share it on the podcast. I really appreciate you for that because this is the shadow side of authenticity. This is the dark side of integrity and sharing our stories and using our stories and showing up unapologetically for the sake of a brand. This is the stuff nobody's talking about, and we really need to be having these conversations. I appreciate you for having it with me today. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you're struggling with something, you need my two cents on your situation, I would happily, happily offer my perspective. You can email me over at heather at choose to have it all.com. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.